Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his cousin gives you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides. For the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides, and you can follow my cousin Jared on Twitter at Cousin Jared. This episode covers all of the games we haven't talked about yet from week <laughs> one of the 2022 college football season. There's some leftover games at this point, but yeah. there's a couple of Apex left that have just been like sitting there waiting the whole time. So I mean, there's yeah. still some good things here uh, that we like here to wrap us up. And we're going to recap a couple of line movements at the end as well, the two minute drill. So we're going to, we're going to round out the uh, week one college football coverage. Uh, if you've missed episodes one or two, uh, Jared, put up to this guy for me here. See if you can, can you, I was still Jake to this. Yeah, up there. Yep. There you go. There's episode one right there. Yep. Right where his figure was. Uh, and then when that ends, I'll, I'll throw episode two up there too. So if you haven't seen those, you can pause this. You can open a new tab, watch it. We got a ton of week one coverage. We're gonna have three episodes every week. So we get you covered uh, for all, all the college football stuff, every college football game, yep. uh, all, the good ones and the bad ones. And my goodness, they're yeah. actually bad ones, but that's the way it yes. goes every year. Yep. Uh, in case you're new here, I've built a mathematical model that predicts what the spread should be for every FBS college football game. That information, along with each team's power rating and a graded A, B, or a C pick for every game this week is available on the Google Sheet that is linked in the show's description. That doesn't mean I recommend you do the same. So our goal in this episode is to share key information about this week's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why certain plays are being made in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with us or against us before investing your hard-earned money. As you go through the plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling. So what I'll give you are loves, likes, and leans to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. Cousin Jared will also be utilizing a weighted unit scale this college football season. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I like to say it'll be profitable each and every week, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Cousin Jared, um, how many games were there in week one? Was it seven? Uh, yeah, some, yeah, I think there were about seven FBS versus FBS games, yeah. At least as of right now, and it's not going to last very long, but we are our ratio of games played to episodes of the season is like pretty close to one to one. That is crazy. It's not going to hold. It's going to no, pull apart no. quickly because otherwise we would die. It would just be yeah. like twenty four seven of college exactly. football, which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, actually. But no, it would other other people besides just us talking about yeah, it. exactly. Um, anything else to talk about before we, before we get to the madness here? I, I, don't, I feel like we've. we've We've been through the spiel at this point. Yeah, we've got a few things we'll hit on at the end, some stuff that have changed. But other than that, let's just get right into it. All right. Well, before we get to the game, some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you're on it, please consider subscribing or following. It's free and the only way, assuming you turn notifications on, to ensure you don't miss any college football, college basketball, or MLB content that this channel provides. Share with the video for others of the game. Hit us up on Twitter or drop a comment for on YouTube. We love those and try to respond to as many as we can. As always, lines courtesy of Bet Online. You can sign up with them. Uh, link in the description. Uh, we got all the Thursday games out of the way already. Is was there anything else? I, the two minutes. Is there anything you want to talk about the, the Thursday games? I feel like we we covered them all in the two episodes. We even kind of looked back to one. Was there anything else? that jumped out at you on that. I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. We didn't talk about it. If we were going to say anything about this. No, I don't specifically think so. Anything about Thursday. The only thing I would say, the more that I thought about Jake's play of the over on the pit West Virginia game, I think he might've had a, a, a good angle there. So the number mm. right now is not a number that I'm necessarily interested in, but just the more I thought about that, I think, I think uh, Jake might've been onto something there. I think he had the okay. over 51 or so, I believe. 50, 51 and a half. And yeah. the number right now, is 52 
52, yeah. Okay. So uh, uh, 51, 51, if he gets to 51, is that your buy point? Yes, that would or be. Or the 51 and a half that he had. Would, would you be okay with that even? Uh, I would probably be like, I, you know, I'm a little bit pickier. Like really, 50 and a half, I don't think he's can get there. But 51, yeah. Um, okay. I, again, just the more I thought about that, I think he might have been onto something there. Okay. And, and I think it's an interesting point as well. I, I, I don't know if you were with us last year, you saw this. Because, uh, Jared, you are a little a little pickier on your plays. You need the, you yeah, can't see it with baseball yeah. as well. You can need a little bit of a bigger edge. And that's totally yeah. fine. Um, people have different philosophies on this i'm not going to tell some people out there like this is the way to do it i'm not gonna tell you what the right way to do it is or not i think if you if you feel like you have i think if you feel like you have an edge fire away if you want to be picky and have bigger edges be more restrained whichever one works the biggest thing is just if you don't think you have an edge don't make a play but if that's more games or less games if you want to take advantage of larger sample sizes or if you want to be a little more picky and and take the the edges you think are better i mean either one kind of works because you're a little more on the on the i I need i need this number kind of thing that's why we have to sometimes talk you into plays we're like no it's good enough let's just do it yeah yeah exactly exactly i do i do need that push sometimes for sure yeah yeah so uh yeah interesting note there that that you kind of you kind of think maybe over that over 51 it sounds yeah. like you also like don't think 52 is crazy you're not going to make that play but over 52 also you don't think no no i mean no, yeah no 52 51 almost no difference between those two numbers yeah yeah um all right so to the friday games we've already covered a handful of we've got two more to round out the first one virginia tech at old dominion uh, earlier in the week this was Tech minus virginia i say virginia tech i think people get offended if i say if i say this virginia tech minus seven at now it was minus eight earlier in the week uh for this one the model um, it says 7.2. So earlier in the week, might have said take Old Dominion plus eight. I'm going to take Virginia Tech now that it's down to seven with the C grade pick. I think this number's hung pretty well. It's not one that I think has got a great investment opportunity. I don't really know what to make about either teams at this point. Virginia Tech's obviously better on the road, though. A low total here, 48. I mean, I don't really know what to expect in this game. I think I'm going to watch this. It's one of the games that I want to watch more for. I think I can learn a little bit about both these teams here uh, yeah. early on in the season. Two teams that I think are going to be interesting because I think they both have some pretty high variance on what we could expect from them. Obviously, Virginia Tech being in the ACC, we talked about that probably applies to every team in that conference, to be yeah. honest, Yeah, uh, with the high variability. But uh, I guess I'll take Virginia Tech with a lean here just because it's at seven. Like I said, I think it's a pretty good number, though. I personally don't have a, a huge uh, – lean one way or the other on it uh because yeah. jerry what do you think about this one well I, I the only thing i know about this game is it's the battle of former penn state assistant coaches so um i guess penn there state fans might be watching this game i, I don't yeah. know the thing is is you know I, I i don't disagree with your pick definitely you would think that the the talent 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 advantage that virginia tech has although yeah. the virginia tech fans would would say that they don't have much of a talent advantage as we would think because that's why justin fuente got run out of town um but yeah. you would think that that would eventually you know come through in a game like this but man if old dominion wins this game uh virginia tech fans are never going to hear the end of it because i, I know those uh, old dominion yeah. fans uh, uh yeah. like to give the the bigger in-state schools a, a hard time about that so yeah. um I, you know i think i'm probably going to be pulling for old dominion in this one just uh, for the sake of some trash talk and that and that's why i said i think seven's a really good number for this one because yeah. you can see old dominion hanging in there and just giving virginia tech the fight of their lives even though they're they're talent wise they're outmatched yeah. in this game but like you said they're gonna throw everything you can at them home crowd's gonna be as rabid as possible uh for them because this is a big game for them uh but again you could also see virginia tech just coming out and manhandling them and just saying some sometimes you see these games like this and it's like one team just got more talent than the other and yep. they could just you know be up by 20 for most of the game and it just be kind of a snooze fest you know not maybe not beating by 50 but you know just kind of be up in control yeah. um yeah i think it's a pretty good price like i said I'll, I'll take virginia tech at seven i would not take them at seven and a half 
but he, either one of these numbers is kind of a, a tough, a tougher angle for me personally. Yep. Also at 7 p.m. Eastern, the other Friday game to cover this week, Western Michigan at Michigan State, another in-state battle. Uh, this one at the better team rather than at the underdog. Michigan State is a 22-point favorite. I'll take them with a lean as well as C-grade pick. Total of 54. Model says 21.9, another number that's pretty good. I'm going to take Michigan State here with a lean simply because last year the model did us so well with Michigan State. And so if the yeah. number's priced, well, that's the way I'm going to lean. I don't think Michigan State – I think we all kind of realized that Michigan State probably wasn't as good as they played last year. They kind of had breaks go their way. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, still a good team. Still a much better team than Western Michigan. I wish it was 21. At 21, I could get a little more excited about this play. At 22, I'm like, I mean, Michigan State could easily win by 24, 27, 28. But, I mean, they could win by 17, 20, 21 as well. It's a really good number, I think, at 22. Like I said, I'll take them just a, 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 as an homage to as much money as yeah. they made us last year. Yeah. Uh, but, again, an, another well-priced game, I think. Because, uh, Joe, we have worse on this one. I, I think the, the- – say about this game is that Michigan State has definitely changed my opinion of them uh, since Mel Tucker has got there because a couple of years ago I would have you know getting 22 points uh, Mm -hmm. against Michigan State the first Mm -hmm. game of the season against one of these you know power FB uh, excuse me uh, G5 teams Mm -hmm. I would have been take the points every time because this is one of those games that that Michigan State just you know messes around and messes around and messes around and wins by six points or or something like that in the Mac the Mac is loves the Mac loves to do this to go go into a big 10 school early in the season and kind of catch them with their pants down and either beat them or yeah. hang in there and, and scare the scare the crap at them I, i'm with you this is this yeah. is lined up perfect for that a couple of years ago exactly but the thing is michigan state i think is a lot better now and yeah. i i'm just never going to forget how shocked i was when they just came out and just ran all over northwestern in that first game last year yeah. obviously kenneth walker Wonderful season, great running back. Um, so maybe they're, they're down a notch when since he's not there anymore. Uh, but man, I just I, I'm not going against uh, Michigan State in this spot. Yeah. So no play for me here. But man, a couple of years ago, I would have been all over Western Michigan, but can't say that anymore. Yeah, uh, I said at the top, I love the comments. Someone please don't comment. Michigan State can't score now. Like I, I, I it's a big number. I know. Like <laughs> you don't have to comment yeah. about that. Like give yeah. me some good insight on the comments. Let's say something silly like that. Michigan State should absolutely win this game. It, it's a big number. It's why it's a secret pick, right? I'm kind of mm-hmm. telling you up front. Like I don't really. If you're gonna say Western Michigan, I'm gonna be like, sure. Like I, that's kind yeah. of the whole point of the secret pick is to kind of say this is kind of where. I, that's why I say lean. I'm leaning that direction, but it's not yeah. what I really like. I, like I said, at 21. Especially twenty at twenty, I'm I'm getting kind of excited about Michigan State. I'm like, man, that you know they can yeah. easily win by twenty or twenty one, but missing out on both those key numbers, key ish numbers at least, is uh, kind of hurts. So yeah, um, yeah, just just to lean there on Michigan State. I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't go against them really, but I don't really like I don't really like lining this big of a number. Uh, to another big number here, Saturday noon Eastern, Buffalo at Maryland. Maryland is a whopping 24.5-point favorite at home. Uh, questions could be asked, should Maryland be 24.5-point favorites over anybody? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, at home, at least, I guess that's good. Yeah. Model says this should be Maryland minus 16 or 16.5. That is a whopping, <laughs> mathematically, I've got this as a 19% edge. There's no oh, way wow. that it's really a 19% edge. I know, I yeah. mean, no model's perfect. You hear, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's just either day, there's an old saying in statistics, right? All models are wrong, some models are useful. <laughs> the idea is that we're, we got 130 teams. It's not going to peg them all correctly. Uh, we're trying to be kind of directionally correct in a lot of this. I can throw all the statistical buzz phrases around at you here. Uh, obviously, I don't think the spread should be 16. I think it should be higher than that. But the model's trying to tell us something here. Yeah. Now, because you were asking about this at the start, and I was already saying uh, 
Buffalo was a team the model loved last year. And finally, towards the end of the year, the model was like, just kidding. They aren't very good. Okay. And they weren't. They weren't. Um, so you're saying there's a chance that the model is not just infatuated with Buffalo this year? I'm saying there's a chance, but I'm not convinced about that. <laughs> okay. I, I, I feel like my uh, my leash on Buffalo is shorter this year than last year. Last year, it was kind of okay. like, okay, I'll believe it. Okay, Because I think they won one – they covered one of those early games, I think. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of like they covered like one of the first – three one of the first four and you're kind of like okay i'll still give it a chance and then they like didn't cover yeah. again and, didn't, and at some point it was like enough's enough like i know the model says this but like again it can't be perfect on 130 teams right um but then it finally towards the end of the year was like kind of saying no it kind of adjusted really well and, and so i don't really it's a good question i really don't know if the model i don't know if the model's seeing something in buffalo here that's kind of like there's some hope for them uh it, it's interesting enough right we're recording this on late thursday night or like wednesday night we'll, we'll put this up on thursday morning lance lynn's pitching enough if you watch the mlb show i talked about it this morning i said lance lynn is like the model seeing something like i don't really know but like i'm gonna trust yeah. the model so and he's having a great start tonight and for the white Sox, looking good for us and that's exactly the same thing here with Buffalo. I'm like, I don't really know, but I'm like hoping that yeah. the model's seeing something. But you just never really know. And uh, my, my thought is, you know, I'm going to give Buffalo a game or two. And if they can at least show some signs of life, then I'll then I'll say, hey, I think the model's got it. If not, I am a little bit concerned that we're going to have a little bit of Buffalo bias. We're going to have to balance. Right. I don't know why the model would be biased to Buffalo, but it was last year. Um, like I said, it can't hit on every team. But it, it, directionally, if nothing else, it says that 24 and a half is too much. I love that we're getting the hook here. I, I'll, right. I'll trust the model. It's an A-grade play. At 21, I would be like, I probably would be on Buffalo, but I wouldn't love it as much. But getting 24 and the hook, I mean, I'm going to make Maryland prove it. And Maryland might absolutely go out there and win by 40. Like, yeah. Buffalo, Blasters Buffalo team would have lost on the road to a lot of teams by 40. Absolutely. Yeah. And if that happens, I'm just going to say, you know what, tip my cap. But I'm going to make Maryland prove it on the field that they can consistently play 60 minutes and just stomp a team that they should stomp um, yeah. and not just, you know, let them hang around and only win by 21 or 24 or something like that. Yeah. So it's an A great play for me on Buffalo at tw- plus 24 and a half. Well, I'm crossing my fingers. The model isn't crazy on Buffalo. Like it was last year. <laughs> Cause yeah. it's really what do you got for us? So I'm not going to sit here and try to break down the X's and O's of this game. Other than to say the Maryland defense, <laughs> the Maryland defense could do something that, that makes these 24 and a half points relevant. Uh, I think they could definitely Buffalo could get loose in the second half and, and score some points. So uh, that's yeah. my X's and O's analysis of this. Um, I think more importantly for you viewer about this. So the professor's model is not the only model that, that I take into consideration. There's other models out there that you can go take a look at and all, Every, like everything that I could possibly find also gives an edge to, to Buffalo. So maybe not quite as large as the professor does, but every model out there gives uh, some sort of edge. And they're all crossing some key numbers. Even the ones who, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's not just like a, a six, Maryland's not just a 16 point favorite. Even some of the other ones, you're crossing the key numbers of 20, 21, 23. Like we mentioned with the hook here, 24. This is one of yeah. those things where there's just crossing so many key numbers. numbers. Yeah. Yeah. That it's just like this is a statistically smart play in my opinion. Yep. So I am yep. also on Buffalo here. I'm taking the 24 and a half points and sure. Maybe we look dumb on uh, comes yep. uh, Saturday afternoon, but that's a lot of points and I'll gladly take them. And I have a few follow-ups. There. Number one, we might absolutely look dumb. The good news is with 24 and a half points, it'll at least probably be until halftime before we look dumb or close to halftime. It's not yes. one of those games where we can feel dumb in the first five minutes uh, yeah. because it, they're probably going to be covering at least five minutes. in. Um, yeah. 
number two though it's, it's like you said it's it's statistically a smart play that's why it's an a grade play i just want to get more units down on what's a smart play i think it's going to pay off for us in the long run you have heard me if y'all follow me on twitter i've talked about this a little bit like i'm not a big closing line value guy i think that that like helps you but i think it's just a little bit i think it's gonna give you a half a percentage or one percentage that's not enough to cover the juice you're, um, you're not a closing line things. you're not a closing line value guy i had no idea I'm not, it's some, some, some people don't follow me on Twitter. So you're like, I don't even know what you're talking about, but some people, yeah. they, they tout this. I just think it's, I think it's yeah. overblown. I don't think it's, I don't think right. it's useless. I just think it's overblown. Right. Um, but it's not that dissimilar from this. Like this is a smart statistical play, but it, it's the start smart statistical plays aren't going to be the only thing that makes you money. Right. It's and I'll say the yeah. same thing about that as I will about closing line value. It's one piece of the pie. It, it, you should, you should be thinking about trying to beat the number. That's yeah. a thing. You should be trying to shop around. That's a thing. You should be trying to take advantage betting earlier or late. You know, you should try, try to find before the number moves. You should be finding the smart key numbers that you're crossing. You should be all the little things add up to make a successful better saying, I think this is a very smart statistical play, but that alone isn't going to make us money, but it is one that I think you should be thinking about and you should be adding to your arsenal here. Too many points here for Buffalo because they're crossing so many key numbers, especially the hook. Plus 24 is still a great play in my opinion, but plus 24 and a half is like just a cherry on top here. Yep. And like you said, we might look like fools. Maryland might win by 40, but like you said, their defense isn't that good. So I'm going to make them, I'm going to make them prove it for 60 minutes on yep. both sides of the ball. Maryland's going to have stretches where they look good, but if they have stretches where they fall asleep, you know, we just need Buffalo not to get their, you know, completely embarrassed yep. <laughs> we got yep. this we got a winner here yep uh some other big lines here 230 eastern uh kickoff bowling green at ucla ucla is a 23 point favorite i'll take ucla with a with a b grade the model says uh, 24.2 so model says 24 or 25 um so the fact that you know if ucla wins by 24 we get the win i think there's some value here on ucla it's like a b minus pick it's not one i love it's such a big number in week one um, but I mean, it's hard to not think UCLA is just a much better team at home traveling across the country. You know, if Bowling Green sleepwalks at all at any point of this game, they're going to give up like 30 points in a hurry. You'd think. Yeah. So I'll take UCLA at minus 23. It's a, like I said, it's a B minus pick. I like UCLA. I just, I don't love them because the number's just too big at 21. I'd be really excited about it at 23. Again, I think the, the model says 24, 24 and a half. So I think 23 is an okay play. That's why I get to be great. I think it's worth a look, but it's not worth a heavy look. because the number's just too big. Uh, Cousin yeah. Jared, what do you got for us? Yeah, this, this may be one that I have, have my eye on because last year Bowling Green, so they, they went into to Minnesota and beat Minnesota last year which uh-huh. maybe the most inexplicable uh game of the, top, of the season top 10 for sure maybe top five yeah 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 it was, it was really really crazy uh and, and also I, I i loved bowling green last year because they were an under machine i mean mm-hmm. cash those tickets every single mm-hmm. week uh the problem is is obviously they were they were cashing tickets on the under because their offense wasn't good and the problem is <laughs> right. their their defense started falling apart at the end of the season as well so this is a, a team that i'm watching closely because i think there's going to be a lot of um Statistics baked into their metrics from last year, uh, that first part of the season with that defense, that it could really kind of skew things. It, you know, the more that that's taken into consideration, you really want to capitalize on that. You know, early in the season while you can. So if um, Bowling Green comes out and gets their doors blown off, which I think they're probably going to, because I don't see any way their offense can keep up in this game, um, then that'll be something to note going forward in the season. The more I look at the number the more I'm kind of intrigued by it. Um, but it's one of those things where like, I don't feel strongly enough about it to, to wait. So like, I, you know, I don't feel strongly about it, strong enough about it to make a play right now. So maybe this is something I wait on, see what happens on, on Saturday, maybe throw something on at last minute, something like that. 
a lot of key points to talk about here. Like, like we talked about at the top of the show, right? You're just a little more selective, right? If you were a little yeah. bit more trigger yeah. happy, I think this is a play that you would make. Yeah. Uh, but it's a great point there that the strength of any good model is its prior taking yep. into consideration the data from previous seasons. And that's why we always say like the model is going to work really well for most teams, but there's going to be a couple that it just misses on. It can't be perfect for 130 teams. And that's a great point, Cousin Jared, that you make. Yeah. That if we can identify early on the handful of teams, there's going to be five to 10 that if we can just identify as no, just don't trust them here for the model, we can really capitalize, avoid some losses and grab some extra wins. So if we can find the teams yep. that the model's just going to miss on and then say, yeah, we could trust it for the other 120, but these 10, we can't, that would be really good. So uh, a great point there to keep an eye on Bowling Green that if they, if they get smoked in this game, we may want to try to take advantage of it here the next few weeks before yep. all the models and everybody catches up to realize yep. uh, that their defense at the start of the season last year numbers are completely irrelevant to the season. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, and and you view out there may be like, of course it's irrelevant, but it's it's not. It's not on the whole. That's the thing yeah. is that when you look at previous season's data, it's relatively predictive, especially when you take into account who's coming back. So for the most part, it's probably more predictive than you think. And that's why we kind of use utilize it heavily. But at times you have to fade that out a little bit more aggressively. And, and again, a model with I'm not manually trying to do this, right? The model on the whole kind of has a process uh, yeah. to do that. And you can't just go in there and, and, and if you try to just manually override everything left and right now, you're just... You're yeah. violating every statistical principle known to man, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of another a big spread here, I, I love this one. This is probably my favorite play of this episode. Uh, 3.30 Eastern, UTEP at OU. Oklahoma's a 31-point favorite. Earlier, we get 31 and a half, and I was like, I'm laying the 31 and a half. I don't care. Now it's 31. I get the push of 31. Better. I love it. Yeah. I'm even better. A yeah. good play for me on the Sooners. I don't know what to expect for Oklahoma week talked about them in the season preview you still got a chance to go watch those if you haven't seen those season preview episodes there's a whole web page uh on the website devoted to that make some season long bets you still got some time to watch those we talked about OU. there's a lot of question marks obviously like nothing really changed in norman right it's like the same story as last year i think right like nothing nothing happened there i guess right nothing yeah, <laughs> nothing yeah, of notes no, no. Um, nothing um yeah so a lot of questions there obviously on oklahoma but in general I think they're still going to be light years ahead of this UTEP team, a UTEP team that um, we talked about last week. We talked about in previous episodes, having that game under your feet, probably a good thing. I think that matters more when you're playing a team in your same stratosphere. I don't think it matters as much when you're playing a team as talented as Oklahoma, a team that it, it, to, to use a basketball phrase, you just roll the ball out there and they're going to crush you. Yeah. Uh, so I think that game under their feet doesn't really matter for UTEP. And we talked about UTEP and liking UNT last week, and we still are high on UNT, but, and part of that is that North Texas is a good team and we like them. And part of that is taking advantage of the fact that UTEP, a lot of last year's success, kind of some smoke and mirrors. They're not a very and, good football team. And struggled down the stretch, just like Bowling Green did. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I 31 is way too low. I, I Personally, this feels like it should be 38, maybe 37. Uh, model says 36 and a half. I, I think we're going to look back. I, I could be wrong. I, I, every time I say something, right, I open myself to look like a fool, right? But I could yeah. be wrong. But I feel like three weeks from now, we're going to look back at this game and be like, man, oh, you should have been like a 40-point favorite in that. How was it only 31? It's an A-grade play for me. I love the Sooners. I'm laying the lumber with them here. Because, uh, Jared, what do you think? Yeah, so I, I'm going. I'm going to look this up because I, I don't like just going off of like memory for some of these things. But okay. UTEP, uh, their, their first big game of the season last year, they opened with New Mexico State and Bethune uh, Cookman. Third game of the season, they went on the road at Boise State and lost 54 to 13. And and that was you know that Boise State team finished seven and five. I mean they were fine, but but not the normal Boise State teams that that we're used to. Um, so that was by that was by 41. 
Yeah, uh, so might might be a similar situation here. I know we also yeah. uh, mentioned that we like uh, playing the teams that played in week zero that, that, that you know, I guess teams that didn't play in week zero. Uh, this I don't think this qualifies. No. Uh, and, and the other thing is... Asterisk doesn't apply when you're playing a team that's light years better than you. Yeah, and, and, and the other thing is, is unlike most week zero games, uh, the, the one with UTEP, North Texas, that was a conference game. That was a big game. It was like right. the first near right. sellout of the Sun Bowl in almost like 14 years or something yeah. like that. So it, it was a big game they lost it was a conference game not a good way to start your season I, I just i don't see utep hanging around in this yeah. one um the the thing is like i i would say go with the professor here because the the model is built to see things like this like for my naked eye i can't see the difference between 31 points and 38 points right, right. but if but right. if the model sees something that's exactly what it's for so i i, I wholly agree man go with what the professor says on this one yeah, I, I agree. Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. That's why the model was built was to, to yeah. help us identify that. Uh, I, it's a great point you make. Put up last year, Boise State. The, uh, this uh, we don't really know what to expect of this OU team. Uh, I think they're a, I think they're an interesting play for Big Twelve title uh, at the odds that you're seeing. In the event they're good, and in the event that Texas struggles again, it's like they're probably going to get there. Uh, but I mean, if they ended up going, having one of those wonky OU seasons that they seem to have every like five ish years and they go like eight and four or something, I mean, that wouldn't be crazy either, but I mean, an eight and four Oklahoma team is still going to thump UTEP in my opinion. So it's kind of like, and and if they're actually a good OU team, if they're, if they're an 11 win OU team, I mean, they're they're probably going to be up like 62 to three at some point in this game. I mean, it's going to be ugly in that, in that scenario. So yeah, I, I, I love laying the lumber here with Oklahoma. A four o'clock Eastern BYU at South Florida. BYU was a 12 point road favorite. Uh, two teams from Utah this week traveling to play on the road yep. against two teams yep. in Florida. It's like when baseball right now, we have the Yankees and the Angels playing while the Mets and the Dodgers play. I feel like these things, you know, some schedule makers, like, you know, at least for baseball, it's like, <laughs> but like, yeah. no schedule maker did this for football. This was independent. I just think it's funny that that, that played out. Uh, yeah. Maybe, uh, you know, if the, if the teams don't play well, maybe they'll have to fly back together or something like that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the coaches are upset with them. Um, BYU is definitely a better team. Uh, we talked about BYU a lot on the uh, season preview show. Tough schedule for them. A lot of you know teams get up for BYU. South Florida is probably getting up for this game, um, mm-hmm. knowing that BYU is kind of a national presence. Can they hang in there with twelve? I don't tend to think so. I just think they're going to be out talented. Um, only a B grade play for me. Model says it should be BYU minus thirteen and a half, basically. So 12 offers a little bit of value because 13 is a, is a, is a semi-key number and, and easily they can win by 14. The model basically says the two most likely outcomes are 13 and 14, and that means BYU covers this. The issue is that the next two most likely outcomes are probably 11 and 10. And so it's one of those where you can't just yeah. say, oh, the two most likeliest things are BYU cover. It's like, yeah, but they're not that much more likely than the next two. It's really that like two of the top four are BYU covers, but those are still a little bit more likely. So I think BYU is probably worth a play here at 12. It's just not one I love. Uh, at 11, I'm a little more intrigued. At 10, I'd love BYU. Uh, right. But at 12, I, I think they're probably the right side. But I, I just I can't quite get there to an angry pitch. It's just not enough value here. Um, other thing I will say, we talked again, we talked about BYU in the season preview episode. Yep. They're a team that I'm a little bit concerned about the depth, the wear and tear from that schedule, the injuries, that sort of yeah. stuff. That's going to play out more down the road. Right now, they should be fully healthy. So my concern is more for BYU on those things. Not really applicable here to week one. So this sets up to be a spot where BYU takes care of business and goes on the road and gets a win. Uh, a B-grade play that they can win by enough to cover. Because um, you're a total of 58, you have any insight for us on this one? 
No insight on on the total here. Uh, you, you mentioned we covered BYU in the season preview. You, you, go 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 watch that. But what I would say is BYU. I think they're going to be a good team. BYU really tough schedule this year. Yeah. And yeah. and man, this one is uh, just to be completely frank with you. There's no way I'm back in BYU in this spot. Mm. Uh, Utah team traveling to Florida. It's going to yeah. be hot hot and humid there. South Florida played respectable towards the end of the season. They didn't, they didn't win any games, but they were playing in some close games there. Um, like you mentioned, they're going to be up for this game. The, other thing, the thing is with this BYU schedule, every week is a possible look ahead spot. So, yeah. so they're, you know, they're thinking this is an, a relatively easier win for the start of the season. You got Baylor coming to town next week. Then the next week you go on the road at Oregon and you've got back-to-back rivalry games with Wyoming and Utah state. And then Notre Dame, uh, you go uh, play at Notre Dame. It's just one one punch after another. And yeah. so this is a spot where I'd say traveling on the road to, you know, inhospitable in weather the first week yeah. of the season, uh, look ahead, look ahead spot. This is just one of those things where it's like, I just want to stay away from this one. Yeah, no, it makes a ton of sense. It, it, and I talked about, I said, I would love, to, I would love 10 with BYU, yeah. but I mean, it's not that many numbers before you go the other direction. And I'd love the other side because if you could give me, and, and you're never going to see 14 in this game, barring something yeah. crazy. And we have, we have seen some, sometimes some Saturday morning movements where I'm like, what is happening? Like, is there some yeah. like, so, and I'm like Googling like crazy. I'm like, was there some suspension? Like, why is this number moving? Yeah. yeah. Every yeah. once in a while you see this. So you never really know, but like, you probably aren't going to, but I mean, South Florida plus 14, it's not that many numbers in the direction and you're like, Whoa, now you're really getting excited about that side with a couple of key numbers, you know, with the model saying 13, yeah. 13 and a half. So, uh, I, I, I kind of like you. It's one of those where like, if there's never been a couple points in either direction, you can kind of really talk yourself into, um, some different plays here. 12 is a solid number. It's like, I said, it's a B minus play. Um, my cousin Jody make a, a couple of good points there. Uh, my, I do wonder a lot of the look ahead stuff, really manifests itself mostly on coaches who mm-hmm. are more likely to pull their players early on, not try to keep the, the mm-hmm. their foot on the gas, that sort of thing. Yeah, You really do wonder, and there's a lot of question marks for a lot of these teams. So something to think about here is, is BYU going to be one of those teams? Are they going to try to find my, what might work, try some different, you know, yeah. things to prep for next week? Because they also, you talk about next week, they're, you, I can flip this on its head real quick, right? Which is they have to be a fine-tuned machine for next week. So they need to use every snap to their advantage to make sure everything is working properly or else they're going to lose to Baylor. And so you kind of can go either way on that and you never really know what a coach is going to do. And if you think you do, it's, the only way I trust yeah. that is if you're like friends with them or something or it's like yeah, or yeah. Your, your spouse is friends with his spouse or whatever, right? Yeah, like, Because yeah. otherwise you never know how that's going to go. But yeah, there's there's a lot of questions either way, some definite uncertainty we talked about Utah playing in Florida and the conditions, and you're absolutely right that that's not friendly conditions. I think BYU is just yeah. a lot more talented in South Florida. I think they should go yeah, in and win. The question yeah. is just by how much, and yeah. it does feel like a game that's 10 to 14 late, and you're going to be biting your nails. That's why I said only a B-grade pick, like I said, a B-minus pick. I think BYU yeah. is worth a look, but I think there are much better investments across the day, of course. Yep. Yeah. One of those, also at 4 o'clock Eastern, UL Monroe at Texas. Cousin Jared, uh, <laughs> for those for those who don't know, my my father is a Texas alum. For those who don't know, cousin Jared, uh, Texas A and M alum. Uh, we both have some takes on Texas every year. <laughs> we had some takes last year. Um, yeah, the model has Texas like eleventh or something, and I'm like, oh god, yeah. <laughs> I have no words yeah. for that. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's. I, I I think there's two things that are true. <clears throat> Texas might be the 11th most talented team in the country. I think that might be true. Yeah. 
will Texas finish with enough wins to be ranked 11th by the end of the season? I would bet a lot of money on no. no, no. <laughs> um, unless you gave me really horrible odds on it. If you're talking about even money odds, yeah. I would say no. I would say no way. Yeah. Um, the model loves Texas. They do have a lot of talent. My question, and I'm curious what you think on this, cousin Jared, and then I'll kind of come back and talk about it. I'm curious what you think. The, the biggest issues I think we have with Texas is the quarterback play. More uncertainty around that this year. Looking ahead, looking around, looking behind, looking over your shoulder, looking every which way possible. They have tons of talent everywhere. The question I have is, that matters for sure when you start playing better teams. Does it matter yeah. against UL Monroe, or could they literally roll you and I out there and still have enough talent to win this game by 40? Because that's what they're going to have to do to cover a number like 38, as big as it is. Yeah, I, I don't think it really matters who plays quarterback for them. I would say my bigger concern for them is offensive line. And mm. and the, de- and the, the, the maybe the most inexplicable thing about Texas for the past however many years has been their defense. They always have true. Like, good talent on the defense secondary especially always have good players and they always find a way to kind of kind of fall apart what i do want to address here though is that we gave jake a hard time for being a tennessee fan and and, you know giving a hard time to florida in that game against Mm. utah let the record show that i think texas has earned any bad things that i may say about for sure for (laughs) sure it does not matter where i went to school or anything like that it's because texas has been texas for the past well and and anyone who's been with us for any time knows that and jake we've said this to jake's face we're not talking behind his back he'll watch this and he'll he'll probably be nodding he'll probably comment when he watches this be like yeah you guys are right like we give jake a hard time jake's a little bit of a homer right and we and people who've watched know that you aren't so there's a little yeah, bit of a yeah. difference there that your fandom doesn't get in the way you're everything that we say bad about texas has nothing to do with you know me going to baylor and any rivalry there or you going yeah. to AM and having rivalry there it's like yeah. it, as we all know it's been inexplicably confusing why they haven't yes. been better like you said the defense yeah. has, has been problematic I, I bring up the quarterback specifically because i think texas has so much talent that if they can figure out a quarterback yeah. They should score enough points to hang in with almost anybody other than those top Correct. three teams. They'd, they'd hang in with almost anybody. Top, maybe Clemson if, if their offense is competent that defense, right? But, I mean, right. they'd hang in with everybody. But if they don't have that quarterback play, their defense is questionable. It feels like another potential 6-6 six and six type season for them if they can't figure yeah. that out, which is great because they talent-wise, they should be they should be a top-10 team talent-wise. Yep. They just can't seem to get it together year after year, it seems like. Yep. So, because Jared, you don't think it seems to matter. I, I, I'm concerned it doesn't. That's why this is only a B grade play for me on UL Monroe. I like getting as many points as possible. I think that there's a decent chance that, um, you know, I don't want to say this is UL Monroe's Super Bowl, but these small schools do kind of get up for the big teams. I think they're going to fight hard. Texas, you just never know where their head is. Uh, Texas has let a lot of teams that they shouldn't hang around over the years. Uh, and I don't mean like seven years ago, because that's not really relevant. I'm talking about the last two with a lot, some of these players, you know, they've let teams hang around. Um, it's only a B grade play. Cause you're absolutely right. I am concerned that it doesn't really matter the specifics. Um, they can go out there and just roll the ball out there and just crush you. Monroe. you Monroe is really, really, really bad. Um, yeah. But even with that said, the model still says it should be 35 and a half. So at 38, we're getting some value. 38 to, are there any key numbers out here? A quasi key number? <laughs> I mean, we have yeah. a little bit of we have a little bit of a push protection. I mean, it's like yeah. the smallest push protection possible at thirty eight. But I mean, it's, yeah. it's better than thirty seven and a half. Yeah, thirty eight, thirty seven and a half to thirty eight is better than thirty six and a half to thirty seven. Yeah, but I, I think it's too, I think it's too many points. But I, I I am just concerned that Yul Monroe is so bad that all of the issues that Texas have won't manifest itself in a game against a team this bad. 
But I still think UL Monroe is the play. I still think they're worth a look. And the reason why is I think there's just too much hype on Texas like there is every year. The model, I think, is too hyped up on Texas. I think that you also have to consider the possibility that Texas having so many question marks and we talked about this with a couple of teams. They're going to try to do all the weird yeah. little things and figure stuff out because they've got to figure stuff out. And that means they could easily win by 35. And it's not drastically different than Oklahoma. I think both of those games could be 35-point victories because both of them have things they have to figure out. It's just that one of them is a 31-point spread and one's a 38-point spread, right? Yeah. But, I mean, they're both fairly similar in that they both could easily be runaway games, but both teams tinkering with things. And both teams that could, if they wanted to and were – running on full cylinders go out there win by 55, but they're not going to because it's week one. And like I yeah. said, they both might end up winning by 35. And that's why I love Oklahoma because it's 31 and, I, and I'll take a new Ole Monroe because it's 38, but yeah. I am concerned you Ole Monroe is so bad. I, I can't give it an A grade. Yeah. Um, but I think well, it's too many points. Yeah. Yeah. I guess two things specific to this game. Number one, we'll learn everything we need to know about Texas next week. So let's, let's, let's talk about that then. Uh, oh God, Alabama. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, that one's going to get some Why? Comments. That one's going to get some yeah. Uh, and the other thing is, I, I really, I know you come to this show for the uh, UL Monroe analysis. So let me give you something here. When you're looking at totals for UL Monroe, last year they played really fast. Rich Rodriguez was their offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played really fast. So that kind of uh, – that inflated the the numbers that you saw hung for their totals just because they were running so many plays and their, their pace was so fast. I'll be honest with you. I have no idea who their offensive coordinator is this year, but it's going to be a lot harder for them to play faster than what they did last year. Right. So this is one of those things where you may see a total number that's a little higher than than what may be reality just based on the priors from last year their pace was so high so i just want to throw that out there i was thinking under in this game too 64 and a half yeah it's just there's just questions on texas defense you know it's hard to get out of my head growing up in the state for so many years this was a game that if ul monroe covered it was going to be because texas didn't score that much Mm -hmm. but UL Monroe was never going to get a touchdown in this game. Right, right. For yeah. so many years. And the Texas defense, like you said, has so many question marks on it. And that's, yeah. it still feels too high, 64 and a half. It feels like under the way to look here because I, I still don't think UL Monroe is going to score that much. Like I said, I could be wrong, but that Texas defense has yeah. all the talent in the world on it. Yeah. And if they can figure something out, I mean, the way that UL Monroe covers is, you know, it's like, four, like 45 to 10. Is kind of is kind of the, yeah. the blueprint, and again, that's fifty five points. I mean, I, I just yeah. sixty four and a half seems high, and like you like you were saying, I think it's a little inflated. But again, the huge question marks with that Texas defense. Yul Monroe might score more than my brain wants to think it will. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, we'll talk a lot about Texas all season. I feel like yes, uh, so yes, no we will, we will. There's no way around it. Uh, Six p.m. Eastern, uh, Florida Atlantic and Ohio. Uh, gosh. Uh, that's a game that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, you definitely don't have to watch them to make the monies, right? Remember that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Florida Atlantic, the model says should be a six point favorite. Earlier in the week, this was three and a half. So if you saw the sheet, it, I had projected six. And if you grab three and a half, or is it started going up? If you grab four at normal juice, you are rewarded a little bit. Now it's four minus 120. I also take Florida Atlantic. I still think it's worth a B grade. The difference between four to six is not the greatest two points, but. When the model says it's more likely that it's a touchdown than anything else, I'm less concerned about the four because the two most likely scenarios in this game are the two most likely scenarios are six and seven, and the third most likely scenario is four. So of the top three, we win two and push one. And the next one, of course, is three, but then the next one's 10. So it starts kind of balancing it out there. I still think four is a solid play. There's a decent chance we push at four. The biggest concern that we have losing is them only winning by three, but they're they're more likely also to win by six or seven. 
if our game against Charlotte, they're probably a little bit overinflated because Charlotte had issues with their quarterback who they yeah. Charlotte looked good for the first quarter with him in there, then he gets hurt, and then the wheels start falling off. A pick six happens for the half, and then they could just never get back in it. Um, right. but that said, Florida Atlantic still looked like last week what I saw from them, they actually looked like a competent-ish football team, a competent yeah. adjacent football team. They yeah. didn't look as bad as the rating putting them down at like 115 or whatever. If they have any ta- any competence whatsoever, they should be able to go on the road and beat Ohio, who is questionable if they're going to have any competence this year at all. Yeah, uh, total of 49 and a half, really low total. Odds makers don't think there will be very many points. I think Florida Atlantic goes on the road and wins. It's only a B-grade play. It's an A-grade play if you can lay three without having to pay too much juice, but yeah. at four, only a B-grade. Uh, but I think they get it done, and we talked about it before. Other than the UTEP going to Oklahoma being the, the exception, I like getting it to backing the team that's played in week zero, having that game yeah. under their feet. I think it really matters. I think yeah. it's a yeah. difference maker. I think they can go on the road and get the win, and at that point, I just got to avoid them winning by three, and we're, and we're set. So I like Florida Atlantic just at four. It's only a B-grade. Yeah, Cousin Jordan, what do you got? Man, those Ohio Bobcats, man. See, this is why I'm on this show, because I can just sit here and talk about their Ohio Bobcats for a little while. I'm, so, I'm, were, I'm really curious what you're going to say about them. <laughs> I mean, you, well, while Frank Solich was there, you could just pencil him in for eight wins every season. And right, he right. Retire, he retires, and the offensive coordinator takes over. And their their offense had, had always been very solid while Solich had been there. And this guy had been coaching with Solich, I think, maybe since the back end of the Nebraska days. He'd been there uh, with Solich a long time. He took over, and everything just kind of fell apart. And it was almost inexplicable, because it was one of those things where it felt like there was so much consistency with the program. Program and nothing really changed. And so last season just made no sense at all. Um, I have a really hard time thinking that they're going to be as bad this year as they were last year. Um, and, and so I, I think Florida Atlantic is is pretty a decent team for, for uh, you know, Conference USA or, or where I'm pretty sure they're still in Conference USA. Everybody's moving around eventually, so I can't keep working. Yeah. Check where they're at now, where they're going to. Um, Are they going to Sunbelt? I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> Um, but so I, anyway, I, th- I think it's going to be hard for Ohio to be that bad again. And, yeah. you know, I, I mentioned it before, uh, Florida Atlantic unders ha- have been hitting like crazy last year. It hit last week against Charlotte. Uh, again, I, I, this, total, I think, I think aided, aided because the quarterback though, I don't think that goes under if the quarterback doesn't. And so I'm, I'm worried that this total is a little bit low, partially because of that reason. And partially because, um, they're looking at Ohio's offense last year and it was just so bad. And I think that Ohio's offense is going to regress to be a little bit better Mm -hmm. this year. So um, no play for me here at all. And I think the model, I think the model's taking that into account too. It's, it it tends to kind of say like, look at the underlying metrics, right? Look at who's coming back and kind of say in general, if you've underperformed like that, you tend to get a little bit back toward, or if you overperform, you tend to fall back a little bit more. Your regression isn't necessarily just a positive or negative term. It just means things kind of trend back toward a little bit more towards average the next year. So I think, I think you're absolutely right. The model's taking into account that as well. Uh, So I think, I think that agrees with what your eyeballs are telling you as well. Yeah. So this total may be a little low just for that reason, but I'm not playing anything in this game. If it was 49, would you go over? Oh, 48. Yeah. It'd be 48. Yeah. 40, okay. Because once you get to 48 is like the lower end of a lot of key numbers. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's like an almost play yeah, six, what, six, uh, what, or five, six, six touchdowns and two field goals. Yeah. Uh, yep. Uh, six o'clock Eastern. Maybe we got some, some ugly games here. Rice is at, at USC. Um, USC is a, is a 31 and a half point favorite, a total of 61. I, I, cousin Jared, is USC the clear runaway team for most new pieces to adjust in week one? Or is there someone that I'm missing that's trying to balance that out with them? I mean, I feel like 
they've got so many new things coming in, including the coaching staff, right? There's okay. So there's no way that any team can have more. Maybe Ole Miss is right there with them, but there's okay. nobody that there's nobody that has more, but I think yeah. for power five teams, those are definitely the top, top two. Okay. Okay. A lot of questions with USC. They're a team we talked about in the season preview episode and how much depth do they have? Um, that might play out later in the season. How well are they going to get going to start the season? Are all the pieces going to be there? Um, there's a stretch where this team might look really dominant where they get it going. I, I don't think it's early on. I'm going to fade USC here. I, I'm taking a lot of big numbers. We talked about this in the last episode. You know, in general, if you're going to take seven or eight big dogs, you know, you're, you're not going to win all of them. One of one or two of them is going to get absolutely thumped. But in general, I think it's probably a smarter look on average. Uh, I think this is way too many points here with Rice. Like I said, they may get thumped, but 31 and a half, getting the hook on, a, again, a quasi-ish key number at 31, uh, you know, 27, 28, 30, 31, all reasonable outcomes, and all of those are winners. Uh, you got to get to 34 and 35 before you get, again, quasi-key numbers that are on the wrong side of, of it for this. Model says this game um, should be 28.1, so crossing some key numbers there. Uh, yeah, I really yeah. like Rice getting all these points. Like I said, I just have no idea what to expect from USC week one. We're going to learn a lot about how quickly some of those pieces get together. Not by the score we're going to learn a lot, and probably not even by the box score. It's going to have to be watching this and seeing how in sync the line is, how in sync the receivers are with the quarterback. Yeah. You know, are the ball, are the passes just a step ahead, a step behind? Is the running back hitting the holes, or is he a step off? I mean. All of those things to figure out with all the new people. If you're watching this game with your eyes, you're going to learn a lot. I don't think you're going to learn a lot if you look at the box score because USC should win this game handily. Yeah, I just think 31's too, 31 and a half is too many. I think they win by 24, 27, 28, 30, 31. you got a lot of ways they can still embarrass Rice, but no need to run up the score late. A uh, lot of new pieces to see, a lot of things to try out. I just think it's too many points. A great play for me on Rice. I'm taking all these points and uh, hope, hoping that uh, that's enough to cover because uh, yeah. what do you think? Yeah. So uh, for those that don't know, rice is basically like the Texas version of Stanford, or at least they, they try to be like Stanford. Try to um, be. Yeah. Here, yeah. Here, here in Houston, um, the, I, I can argue this both ways. Uh, I, I think the way that rice covers this game is that they possess the ball. You know, they exploit some, maybe the, the lack of depth that USC has on the defensive line. Uh, they get a string a few first downs together and they lose by 24 points or something like that. Yep. That's, that's how yep. I, I see them covering. Um, but the, looking at it from the other side with USC, I think they squarely fall into the category if y'all were with us last week, I mentioned I was taking the under in the Utah State UConn game because what did Utah State have to prove in that game, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, US, USC's got a lot to prove, and they're not going to care who they're playing against. They don't care if it's Rice or not. They're going to have a lot to prove with, with Lincoln Riley there and Williams and, and kind of all the new toys that they have. So I'm not playing anything in this game. I could easily make a case as to why either team's going to cover this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to your point, uh, Lincoln Riley can be a feisty character. Yeah, you hope that, you know, his time in the uh, this region of the country that he has a, a soft spot for Rice and doesn't embarrass him. But uh, yeah. I, I'm with you. I think I think Rice has a lot of ways they can win this uh, or win this spread, obviously not win the game. There's, yeah. there's almost no way they win the game, um, but they, they can cover the spread. Um, it goes back to what we talked about earlier, just a smart statistical play in that you're crossing a lot of key numbers and there are way more ways that we win than lose. Uh, but again, making smart plays isn't going to win us 
yeah. 55% of the games, right? It's going to be just a little right. bit of a help. Got to take every little bit of edge we can get. So I want extra yeah. money on it. Um, but absolutely. Like we always talk about every pick can lose and, and cousin Jared outlined exactly how this one yeah. can lose. Um, and if you, if you can't, if you can't outline exactly how you're going to lose a play, you're not thinking hard enough because they're exactly. there. If you look hard yeah. enough for every single play you make. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern Army at Coastal Carolina should be an interesting game. Two teams I'm, that I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. I mean, kind of an under the radar game. Two teams that, um, you know, either one of these teams can sneaky, you know, maybe hang in top 25 ish, yeah. you know, uh, in that ballpark. I mean, uh, probably not what we expect, but uh, yeah. both teams, you know, solid teams. And if, and if things bounce right for them, you know, might, might, you know, Coastal Carolina did last year, right? We didn't expect yeah. that. Yeah. Um, uh, Coastal Carolina is a two-point home favorite here. Uh, obviously, we do expect a lot of regression from Coastal Carolina, and we expect Army to be the same sort of team they are usually at this point. They've been the last several years. A solid team, um, one that beats the teams they're supposed to beat and loses to the teams they're supposed to lose to, um, but discipline. So, I mean, all the same things you talk about there. The biggest thing is how much is Coastal Carolina going to regress um, from last year's dream season is that okay to call it that a dream season is that it, it was it was a good season for sure yeah good season for them yeah. uh total of 53 in here i'll take army plus two with a c grade pick model says it should be coastal carolina minus one it's coastal carolina minus two not really an edge here it's just a lean on army but i mean you're yeah. basically just picking the winner i'm gonna say that coastal carolina regresses a little bit more Mm-hmm. Um, only a lean. If this was week two and Coastal Carolina had played last week, having no time to prep for Army, I would like Army. I, I'd give Army a better grade for sure. But yeah, Coastal Carolina having time to prep for this helps and doesn't help. It helps because you have time to prep for it. It doesn't help because if you don't have the personnel to prep for it, you just can't do it right. And that's yeah. obviously the big question of we always talk about with these triple option teams how much time you have to prep. And it's like yeah. for some teams who have the right people to help prep against that, it really matters. And for other teams, they can have all the time they want and they just can't do it and it doesn't matter. So sometimes that gets overplayed, sometimes it doesn't. You just never really know uh, unless you're watching the practices, unless you know things about the team. And as much as we know about culture ball, we don't know those sort of yeah. insight things on all 130 teams. If you do, these are again, I'm giving you things to think on. So if you have that research, viewer than than you you know more than we do i can't tell you exactly how well coastal carolina is going to be able to prep for this triple option from army um what we do know about army and the reason i'm taking army in a game that i think is priced pretty well is we know army tends to be disciplined and that sort of thing could make the difference in a tight ball game so i'll take them plus two or or money line but it's it's not one that i really like i I think it should be a great game and i don't really know what's going to happen give me the two points but it's it's not my favorite play of the day whatsoever uh i don't think there's a ton of value on it because you get yeah, it's my, my thing with this game is, and, and you know, people can get on me in the comments here. That's fine. Uh, when it comes down to it, I think Coastal Carolina's offense just has a lot more explosive potential than than Army's does. Yeah, for and, sure. And so, and so that's that's my my hesitancy with with Army in this spot. And don't, don't get me wrong, I watched that Army Wake Forest game. I know that Army's offense can be explosive, but the that was is, a lot more Wake Forest than Army. To be fair, <laughs> true, true. That that did that was the kind of uh, Wake Forest mo last year. Uh, yeah, the thing yeah. Is, is that, which made them uh, so fun to watch, but it's frustrating exactly. to back sometimes. <laughs> exactly. Which Coastal Carolina has Grayson McCall at quarterback, and he's just going to be light years better, especially passing the ball. Than no, if I'm sure Army's quarterback could run me to the ground, obviously, but I mean, a lot better uh, passer than than any. Body that army's going to throw out there so uh, that would be my hesitancy here I, i'm staying away from this game just because i'm excited about it i think this is going to be a great game it only took us like four hours and 15 minutes of shows this week to finally get to one of the best games of the week which is army and coastal carolina 
You know, I have no defense, but you're right. I was thinking about that. Like we've talked a lot about a lot of week one games and it's kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, like this game exists too. So thank you for hanging around to the fourth hour of the marathon content of week one. We finally got, but, but it's, it's, it's why it's here. Cause I don't think we have a lot great to say, but like, I'm like, I'm really excited to watch it. I think, uh, it's definitely going to be on on my TV, one of my TVs, one of my you know laptop, yeah. iPad, whatever. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I the, the big question is how much does Coastal Carolina regress? Yeah, um, yeah. If if not that much, then at home they probably win this game. If it's a decent amount. I think Army can get it done. And, and I don't know. It's yeah. somewhere between those two is probably the reality, but we don't know the answer to that. So it'll be a yeah. great game to watch, but I don't think it's it's hard for me to say like, oh, well, here's your great edge and your great play. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Let's watch it and learn and, and enjoy. We don't have you don't have to wager on every game. Um, yep. and, and this is one that if, if you just want to stay away and learn, I think that's a, I think it's a smart choice personally. Yep. Uh, seven o'clock Eastern Saturday night, Liberty at Southern Miss. Liberty's a three and a half point favorite. Uh, I'll take Liberty at three and a half. It's a C plus pick for me. Model says it should be Liberty minus four point eight. At three, it's a B play. At two and a half, it's an A play. So I mean, that's kind of my breakdown of it. It's it's almost a B pig. I weighed, I, I waffled on this. Like I said, C plus really, if you can get three at like minus minus one fifteen, you know, it's probably a B maybe minus minus one twenty, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I feel much better at three than three and a half. And that that's, what's got to get to the B. And like I said, if it, I don't think it will, but if it does get to two and a half, that's a great play for me. I yeah. like Liberty. I think they go on the road and win. I think they're a much better team than Southern Mist. I'm just nervous that on the road, they, they win by three and I want the push protection. Uh, three yeah. is like we talked about three is the most important number in, th- and we talked about conditional probability, right? Three yeah. is not the most important number in Oklahoma, Utah. It's not the most important te- number in Texas yeah. and you all, you all Monroe, right? But for, for yeah. a close game, uh, three is the most important number. Uh, three in football is the most important number in all sports. So yeah, I-, I want Liberty minus three to feel better about it. It's a C play that I think is worth a look, but it's not a C play that I'm really excited about having to like yeah. the hook there. But I do think Liberty's a better team. I think they go on the run and get it done. I just, I just don't think there's a ton of value on it. Cause in general, you got, I, I'm not sure if there's a game on the slate this week that I have less thoughts on than this game. Aside from the fact that, All right. Connor, that Connor Brewer is the quarterback for Liberty and I trust Hugh freeze. And so that definitely seems to me to be an edge toward towards Liberty. But again, like I have no insight or thoughts beyond that. Yeah. I, I kind of am with you on, you could tell me anything's going to happen with Hugh freeze and Liberty and I'd be like, I mean, that guy kind of knows what he's doing. He he has a lot yeah. of he has a lot of question marks in a lot of areas, and I'll leave it at that. But like yeah. with regards to the X's and O's and the football, like yeah. you could tell me like anybody's gonna be there, you know, he's he's taking a middle school quarterback and he's gonna start and be like, Well, he, yeah. he probably must know something we don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Stuff, like I trust it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And and uh, obviously yeah, a lot a lot of question marks there with how they'll look this year kind of also another you know coming off a couple couple solid seasons can can they replicate the success and stay at that um you know inch that really interesting level or are they going to fall yeah. back kind of towards mediocrity so a lot of questions with liberty yeah. as well yeah. uh if they're going to stay good going on the road and winning it so their misses i think that they need to do that needs to be yeah. a staple victory for them of a just go take care of business right it's yeah, not going to exactly. be one that gets you on the front page you gotta go, gotta go take care of business and get these wins so yeah um like i said i think they can i just don't love three and a half uh, seven o'clock. You talk about we've taken a long time to get some to some good games, and this is another one that it's just a shame it took us as long to get to UMass at Tulane. Um, yeah, yeah. UMass is the one. Like week zero was like the poo poo platter of mm-hmm. of college football. I mean, it was all of the bad teams, and UMass yeah. is over here like, hey guys, did you forget about us? Yeah. Um, 
consistently fighting for the worst ranking in college football. Uh, they're going to be in that discussion again this year with New Mexico State, with UConn, with Hawaii. Yeah. Hawaii has at least a better long-term outcome. I don't know, if, but by the, yeah. end of, by the end of the season, maybe they'll have figured out a little bit more than they have right now. New Mexico State, we talked about with the true freshman quarterback, having a yeah. little bit of a pulse. UConn having a bit of a pulse. I mean, hey, UMass, yeah. it's time to step up and see like yeah. – We talked about last week, we talked about that bottom – group of teams was like a really far if you match those a pulse maybe that gap is starting to shrink and the bottom teams aren't quite that much worse than everybody else right yeah um, we can hope i'm not we can hope i'm not gonna hold my breath i mean you yeah. is absolutely terrible yeah i'm gonna take the 28 points though i think it's too many uh they are absolutely terrible but tulane tulane's not really that good of a football team right tulane I mean, did not have a great season last year that is correct that's an understatement right i mean yeah. not a good football team uh, model says this should be Tulane minus 25. I, I just think it's too many points. Uh, if this number was 25, if this number was 26, I'd be that that'd be fine. Maybe even 27. But the fact that you're giving me the push on again a quasi key number out here at 28, mm-hmm. um, UMass could easily lose this game by 27, 28. One of those we win. One of those we push. UMass is absolutely terrible but two lanes i don't think good enough to be favored by this much over anybody and i mean yeah. by literally anybody because umass might be the worst team in college football so if it ain't if it ain't here it ain't anywhere um it's yeah. a bigger pick for me on umass i just think it's too many points umass is absolutely terrible but if you're if you're betting we got a lot of new viewers here right coming in college football season a lot of new people i love i love all, all my new followers here but mm-hmm. hear me out on this if your philosophy is this team's bad i'm gonna bet against them i have news for you it's called the point spread numbers are really big for a reason. And if you just do that consistently, you're yeah. probably not, you're probably going to go 500 ish yeah. and lose money because of the juice, right? Like yeah. it, it's not, it's not a stock. Don't comment. <laughs> UMass is terrible. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm with you a hundred percent. Right. Give me yeah. some good comments. Don't give me, that. I know UMass is terrible. Absolutely. But we just can't back good teams and we just can't fade terrible teams every week there's the reason why the point spread exists and like i said if we just constantly focus on how bad these teams are they're going to cover some games yeah. uh, edge wise this is an a grade edge i have it at a b grade play sp- percentage wise percentage wise yeah yeah, <laughs> with this video, because Andrew just gave me a look. Uh, uh, percent edge. This is a seven percent edge. This is a seven percent edge mathematically. It's it's probably an A grade or close to an A grade edge, but I would not give it an A grade. And here's why. I talked about it a lot last year. I'll talk about it again this year. Outliers. Ma- any mm-hmm. mathematical model is going to struggle with outliers. Yeah. Mass is definitely an outlier on the bottom, and it's hard to know exactly how much worse they are. And if they're an extra couple of points better or worse, that could really affect your opinion on this game. And so exactly. that extra variability, that extra variability matters. And so that's why I can't, I can't give it an A grade play. And like I said, it's 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 an A or B with regards to the percent edge, but my confidence is more B slash C because that extra variability of UMass being on the bottom and not knowing exactly how terrible they are, yeah. if they are even worse outlier wise, then they might lose this game by forty. Uh, but that said. The model still thinks this is too many points. I'm going to trust it. I'm going to give it a B grade. I'm going to back UMass. We're going to back a lot of terrible teams. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go UMass Minuteman. Yes. You can, yes. you can not be horrible. I trust you to do something yeah. competent in football, which maybe I shouldn't do, but just don't get embarrassed and you'll be all right. Because, yeah. um, <laughs> Jared, what do you got? Yeah. So so the professor just told you, don't say in the comments that UMass is terrible. We know. We're, we're Well, here's my analysis of this game. UMass, UMass is, is terrible. terrible. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> so so and, and honestly, I was a little bit surprised when I was 
looking this up, Tulane, the 77th best team, according to the model, that's actually higher than, than I thought it would have been. Mm. Uh, and the way that I would break down this game is, is we saw what Vanderbilt did to Hawaii. And I think that Tulane has the potential to do a very similar thing mm. here to, uh, as, as to that game, very similar thing to, to UMass. And, and what I mean by that is I don't want to get involved in the spread here because again, Tulane's not a very good team uh, either. But what I like here is the over 59, because I think that Tulane is going to take out some frustration and score a lot of points here. And then, you know, they can put in the backups and then who knows the UMass might score 21 points or something crazy like that mm-hmm. uh, against, against Tulane here. So uh, I like the over 59. Obviously I like it a lot better at, at 58, but you know, right. I think there's just going to be, you know, you get some points and you get some points and you get some points in, in this game. I don't trust UMass to stop anybody. Um, so an official play for me, I'm going to over 59. All right, we've probably spent way too much time on that game than we should have. So moving have. forward to yeah. uh, 7.30 Eastern Georgia State at South Carolina. Because uh, it's South Carolina. Um, yeah, so, so – What are you going to tell, what are you South Carolina? So, well, I, I feel like you can go either way on this team. I, okay, so I have nothing to say about this game. So I'm going to throw it back over to you after I finish my analysis, and you don't even have all to throw right, it back to right. me because we're done. Um, so right. as, as an A&M fan, South Carolina is the cross-division rival for A&M. We play them every year. I am petrified of the South Carolina mm. team and, and petrified in the sense of like, don't get me wrong. There's better teams that AM is going to play this year, but it's just in a spot where AM has d- done very well a against South up. Carolina in the past. Yes, it, definitely a sneak up on them spot. They, they played um, so competitively in a lot of these games last year with absolutely nobody at quarterback. And, and I know the Oklahoma fans who are going to get in the comments here and try to tell us that Spencer Rattler is not a, a good quarterback, but relative or not a great quarterback, but relative to what South Carolina had last yeah. year, this guy yeah. is like walking on water. And, yeah, and so yeah. I'm, I'm really concerned that he's going to similar kind of how we talked about um, the quarterback of Texas unlocking the potential of that team. I'm, I'm very worried that Rattler is going to unlock the potential of the South Carolina team. He can be average. He can be mediocre. And that opens up some avenues that they did not have last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm, 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 concerned uh as an AM fan that has to play this team so i don't have any any takes on this game but i if if rattler plays you know at a slightly above average level i think this is going to be a, a team that you don't not going to want to mess with yeah model says this game is priced pretty well model says it should be south carolina minus 12 i'm gonna lay 12 and a half for south carolina it's only a secret pick i don't think there's a lot of value but i i can't i, I talked about this with week one with Nebraska or week zero with North Northwestern and Nebraska. And I said, this feels like a game we're going to look back on later in the season and be like, why in the world was Nebraska favored by so much? This is a game. That's going to be a one score game. Yep. And, and I, and I thought Nebraska could pull it off and, and LOL. Um, yeah. <laughs> this feels like a game that we're going to look back on and say, South Carolina should have been a 14 point favorite. Yep. Yep. So I'm gonna lay, I'm gonna lay the twelve and a half. Uh, it's only a secret pick though. I just don't right now. I just don't think there's a lot of value on it. But yeah, I agree. I just can't shake the feeling that like South Carolina has a little bit of buzz, a little bit of hype here, a little bit of like this team might be frisky. Yeah. And if that's the case, they should take care of business here and win this game handily. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't and, mean they will. <clears throat> yeah. But it just that's the I feel I just can't shake this feeling of like if they're going to be anything, they need to go out there and win this game by 14 by 17 by 20 21 and just kind of make it a ho hum boring flip away from it because it's not entertaining, just solid victory yeah. at home. 
Yeah. And I just can't shake the feeling that's what we're going to see. So I think that's the side to be on. I don't think I'd want Georgia State unless I was getting way more points than I'm getting right now. Yeah. Um, but at least for right now, I just I just don't love it. I don't think it's a great investment. Like I said, I just can't get that feeling out of my head. So maybe someone else can run with that. And, and use that but. Yeah, and and I think South Carolina squarely falls into we have something to prove territory, especially on, sure. on offense. Um, enough about this game. Let's go back to Nebraska Northwestern. So we said that we <laughs> we, we said, said we do this every 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 episode. We're going to come back to Nebraska. Yeah. So here we go. Yeah, let's do, yeah. let's do it. So week zero last year, you know, we said we said we're doing the Nebraska season preview in week zero every year, and mm-hmm. I took I took Illinois on the money line that first mm-hmm. game of the season last mm-hmm. year and, and i cashed in on that what was i thinking why didn't i take northwestern on the money line so that's going to be the new what up rule that i'm going to have we're going to cover nebraska season preview in week zero every year i'm going to take the money line against nebraska the first game of the season every year i can't wait for next year when they don't play in week zero <laughs> that'll screw up everything also okay. asterisk does this only apply to scott frost i, I mean true that is that is so, true and so yeah. no we won't be doing it next year yeah, yeah. Uh, 7.30 Eastern, Utah State and Alabama. Uh, mm. That's outliers. a lot of points. That's outliers. a lot of points. Outliers. Out- Alabama, definitely an outlier. But yeah. Kissinger, that's a lot of points. It is It is a lot of points. My, I have two concerns. Number one, outliers. Number yeah, two for sure. is, is... Sorry, real quick, real quick. Just dive back real quick. Again, to elaborate in case you're missing the point. The point being, Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State are so good at the top that models sometimes struggle to deal with just how good they are and can be... It's just hard to know. And yeah. in, in the event that we see one of those truly dominant, once every two or three years we see one of those Alabama teams, the numbers just can't get high enough. And that's the question mark we have here. So yeah. I'll c- c- carry on, Cousin Jared. Yeah, so outliers, number one. Number two, uh, UConn had three or four explosive plays against Utah State last week. Uh, and Alabama has more than three or four Probably. explosive Probably. plays. Yeah. Uh, and, and the other thing is, I mentioned this in the breakdown of Utah State-UConn uh, game last week, but really Utah State just needs to get out of this game healthy. And so like, yeah. what incentive do they have to keep Logan Bonner in the game for too long? Or I'm sure many of the other good players that Utah State has, there's there's really no advantage to keeping them in, in the game for a, a ton of time. Um, so I'm, I'm not making any play on this game. Definitely, like I'm, I'm not laying. I, I don't know if I can remember – getting this many points with like a semi-competent team. I mean, this yes. team played, yes. played in their conference championship yes. game last season. Thank you. Um, yes. and, and so I don't know if I can ever remember getting this many points with a team like that, but I'm not taking them. There's no way I would, I, I, I would lay the points with Alabama, but I'm not taking the points either. Yes, uh, 100%. That's where uh, I, I have to. I have to take the points. I have yeah, to stick to my guns. It's a lot of points. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of points. points. It's a B-grade play, 41 and a half. 41 is a key-ish number out here okay hold on alabama could have by 41 yeah yeah exactly hold hold on hold on if this gets to 42 (laughs) i will jump on utah state okay which which i think 42 is a quasi a quasi key number two right i mean and and i feel like 49 49 7 and you'd be like sure absolutely and this feels like the alabama money starts coming in on saturday morning because you know who everybody's just gonna bet the the because people are well it it, it, like i think people are gonna look at this game and be like 
42 divides evenly by seven and it's only 41 and a half. Let's lay it with Alabama. And I'm like, exactly. well, that's an analysis. I don't know if it's a good one, but it is an analysis. I'm, I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. If this gets to 42, like I might add yeah. a unit to it as well and jump this to an A grade play. Cause, mm. and not that they couldn't win by 43, cause 43 would be possible too. And that if Alabama scores seven touchdowns, you kicks two field goals. Yeah. It could be 49 to six. Right. So it's not like if you get 42, yeah. it's not like you're in the clear either. Um, but yeah, 42, Yep. Also a key-ish number, and you get some push protection there. It's just – I'm with you. It's just so many points. And, look, someone can, like, screen grab this when Alabama wins this game by 70. But I'm yeah. with you. Like, I'm used to seeing Alabama with these big numbers against teams that you're like, yeah, but that team's not not good. Because, like, if this is if this is UConn, this number's, like, 70 yeah. or something stupid, right? Yeah. But yeah. I'm used to seeing this type of number with a team that's like more ranked in the like eighties and nineties and that sort of thing, hundred. And I'm like, Utah state like, isn't bad. Like they're not going to win this game. Absolutely. But like, like you said, they're semi-competent and it's just so many points. Model says this game uh, should be 38.6. I agree that if you give me 38 in the hook, Mm -hmm. I would be like, that's not enough. Yeah. I, and, and I probably wouldn't touch either because it's still too many points, but 38 in the hook yeah. would be like, I'm not, it's just not enough for me. It's not enough for me to get yeah. there with Utah State. Yeah. Um, even if you gave me 40, I'd say it's probably not enough. But 41, again, being a quasi key number on the hook of that at minus 104 odds, I like the odds there. And like you said, if it gets to 42, yeah. it's just so many points. Alabama may win this game by 60, but yeah. You talk about Utah State having nothing to prove. I mean, Alabama really has nothing to prove either. A lot of teams come off yeah. of this like we didn't win the national championship, and they do have something to prove. But Nick Saban has nothing to prove, and he's not nope. going to be trying to leave his guys out there and be like, well, we didn't win the title last year. We've got to win. He's going to want to come out strong at the start for sure. But fourth quarter-wise, yeah. he's not going to be putting, you know, keeping the, the foot to the pedal. That's that, that's that's true. You could take Bryce Young out after two and a half quarters. Yes. you got to get everybody ready for Texas because we definitely want to embarrass Texas. <laughs> This is true. <laughs> this yeah. is true. Oh yeah. gosh, that game. We're gonna. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, seven seven thirty Eastern. Uh, Memphis and Mississippi State. I feel like because this oh, is God. this feels like a cousin Jared special written all over oh, it. I, I I I really hope it can. If it totally gets to fifty eight, can we talk you into the under and yes. just for yes. old sides? Okay. Okay. Yes. All right. I'm, I'm holding you to that. If it gets to fifty eight, uh, check Twitter. Check the sheet. We're gonna yeah. have cousin Jared's gonna make a play on this at fifty eight, and yeah. it just feels like he should do it. It's like these yeah. two teams. It feels right. Yeah, um, I'll take Miss. I'll take Memphis at sixteen and a half with the B grade play. Model says this game should be thirteen point two. Crossing a couple key numbers here, going maybe you know thirteen uh, being a winner and being very possible. Fourteen being a winner and very possible. Um, not, at seventeen, if you get to seventeen, it's an A grade play. I, I'd love seventeen, but at sixteen and a half, I still think it's worth a look, given that thirteen and fourteen are the two most likely outcomes of this, and we win both of them. I think it's too many points here. I know it's on the road. Mississippi State's a tough place to play. They get a little bit larger of a home field advantage than most teams do mm. because of that atmosphere. Yep. Uh, but Memphis is just right up the road, so I mean, it's not like it's the, the craziest travel spot for them. They've been thinking about this game all off season. This is kind of a, this is a big game for them going to play an SEC team. They have visions of an upset. They have visions of, of, you know, showing them who's boss. I mean, there's a lot of recruiting ground over these two teams. I mean, I, I think Memphis can hang in there and get this game. 16 and a half, like I said, is way too many. I'm surprised this number isn't 13 or 14. I think that's what it should be. So it's a bigger play for me on Memphis at 16 and a half. I'm leaving myself room to add an extra unit if it does get to 17 uh, by Saturday morning because 17 would be a really yeah. nice number to have. Uh, Cousin Joe, what do you got? 
Uh, okay, so sure, I'll take the under if it gets 58. And, and the reason that I'm fine. It's 57 that and a half now. It's only well, only half a point away. Uh, only half a point away. Uh, so, the, so everybody, I think when they're talking about Mississippi State it's, this offseason, has talked about the offense and you know it being Will Rogers' third year with Mike Leach, and you could go through and list all the quarterbacks that just had unbelievable seasons in their third year with Leach. And so I feel like that's what gets the publicity for Mississippi state and Mississippi state is going to have a good season. I think it's going to be on their defense. I think their defense yep. is going to be pretty, pretty salty this year. Uh, and so I, just something that I'm, I'm watching for. And obviously a, a reason that I would take the under here is I just think Mississippi state's defense doesn't get the respect that, that it deserves. And if they have a good season, it's going to be because of the defense, not necessarily because of Will Rogers. So that's, that's all I got to say about this game. I have two, I have two things to come back to real quick. And, and okay. Will Rogers uh, transfer transfer from, from Stanford, right? Couldn't tell you. No, no, no. That was Costello. That was the guy that, that was, was Costello. First. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Couldn't okay. tell you where Rogers came from. Okay. Uh, I, I, was, I, I couldn't remember on that either. Um, a second point. Let's do a fun thought exercise. If you could time travel back to 20 years ago and tell 20 years ago us that Mike Leach successful season with an SEC school mm-hmm. would be due to his defense. I feel like you'd have a lot of questions. <laughs> I, 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 I would have so many questions. So many questions. And, and, but, but the thing is... And the is answers that, would get long, too. <laughs> yes. And the, and the thing is, is that the, the most insane part of that whole thing would be the whole detour to Washington state. Yeah. In yeah I was like, I was like, two. yeah. Cause I feel like the, the current us would be like, Oh, well, by the way, here's what I haven't told you. Like yeah, exactly. there was this whole other thing too that happened. Yeah. Yeah. And he got, yeah. and he got, and he was, was he the coach there when game day finally went there for the first time? Cause I feel like that was like, just it. Like when, it, whenever game day went to Pullman for the first time, like I feel like I that was just, feel like that's right, but I can't recall specifically. I, I, can't, I can't recall either. Everything happened last year or the year before, so yeah, our, our perception of time these days is just completely out the window. What, what what is what is time? Let's make it into our fifth college football show of the season. It's like what is time? What is you time? Know? It's a great question. Uh, hey, there was yeah. a previous episode of baseball where I was I gave weird time zone suggestions. So you know, we're, we're, here we are. Um, we uh, a recap of that game though. Uh, B pick for me on Memphis at sixteen and a half. Uh, yeah. I'd love it if it gets to 17. I've got room to add that. And then Cousin Jared's eyeing the total. If we can get yeah, it to 58, yeah. he's going under for us. But 57 and a half, uh, missing that key, that, that push protection yeah. there, like we always talk about on 58, is, is very valuable, uh, yeah. worth uh, several several many percentage points uh, that's yeah. valuable in the long run. Uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, Louisville at Syracuse. A sneaky good game here late. Um, Syracuse, tough place, place to play. When it's toughest place to play, uh, the travel is not easy to get out to Syracuse. It's a weird dome to play in. Weird yeah. things happen in there. Weird things happen in Syracuse no matter when. Now, they get really weird if it's like a Friday night game. That's when it like, seems like it's yeah. the weirdest. But yeah, sometimes yeah. those Saturday noon Eastern games get wonky teams sleep through at the night games. I mean, yeah. weird things happen in there. It's a tough place to play. Yep. Syracuse always good for one or two upsets at home and always good for one or two more like, whoa, that was way closer than we thought it should be type w- games. Wait, wait for us last year. Also good for one or two absolute clunkers at home. And that's, of course, what you have yes. to keep an eye out on here because you never yeah. really know what Syracuse team is going to show up. Uh, yep. They're getting four points against Louisville at minus 105 odds. I will take them plus four. Only a C-grade pick model says four. Syracuse is a side I want to be on. I don't want to be fading Syracuse around this number given how wonky it is to travel there and to play there. But again, knowing that Syracuse can lay a stinker, it's just not that exciting for me on this play, especially at four, maybe at four and a half. I'm getting a little bit more excited about it. I might actually look money line on this and just say, this is a game that kind of anything can happen. Louisville's the better team, but going on the road in week one with all the uncertainty around teams, 
we could look back on this game, uh, you know, and, and say in five weeks, we could look back on this game and say, wow, Louisville should have been a, a 17 point favorite. Or we could look back on this game and say, how in the world was this Louisville team favorite in that game on the road? I mean, either yeah. one of those could really be true with the uncertainty we have in week one. So honestly, money line might actually be a better play. Just take a stab at it there and say, mm-hmm. who the heck knows what's going to happen yeah. uh, in this game. I'm taking the four points. Uh, total is 56 and a half. Uh, Jerry, what do you got for us? Also, I mean, this, this game is Saturday night, right? Sure. It feels like it should be Friday. That's just all I'm going to say. Let's think I'll say. Yeah, it, it feels like it should be a Friday night game. Yes, it, it, it is on Saturday. It, uh, and so, a, a conference game, right? I mean, it, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So the my first thought when I saw this line was I'm going to lay the points with with Louisville because last year Louisville beat Syracuse 41 to three. And but as I was doing more research, the thing was is that was kind of an outlier for Syracuse mm-hmm. season. The, the wheels the wheels came off towards the end of the season. They lost their last three games. They got blown out. Uh, Louisville they got blown out. But then NC State Pitt, two of the better teams in the the ACC, obviously Pitt the best team in the ACC last year, uh, lost both. Of those uh, by large margins but before that they they beat liberty by three they lost to florida state by three yeah they lost to wake forest by three they lost to clemson by three they beat virginia tech by five like they had all of these close games Mm -hmm. and so like going back and and looking probably you know like i said the wills came off the end of the season that middle stretch is I think maybe more representative of just what you're going to get from Syracuse. Not that they're a good team, but just they're, they're tough. And, well, they're going to lack, they're going to lack, de- lack depth. And you yeah. saw that at the end of the season last year, it's not going to matter for week one because the depth yeah. shouldn't be a huge issue. It might be more of an issue if you're playing like in the swamp in Florida. Right. But it yeah. shouldn't really matter in this game. Yeah. And, and when they've played teams, the caliber of Louisville, they've usually played them pretty close. You have couple that with the fact that it's, it's at home in Syracuse and you just always have this mental image of a game on ESPN two going yeah. to like overtime but yeah it playing in the carrier dome it's just one yeah. of those things i talked myself out of it so uh definitely like louis laying the points of louisville is my lean here but i just can't get i can't yeah. can't get there yeah I, it feels like a game that could go to that like whatever fifth overtime nonsense we talk about and be like oh we've we've, we've won either way because like who, who the heck you know it doesn't matter who who gets the two-point conversions yeah I, i'm with you mathematically there's not really an edge here but the more i look at it the more i'm like this feels like a game that syracuse could hang in there and win or lose by three and at plus four you don't have to care so yeah i may talk myself into a b-grade play on this especially especially if i get four and a half mm-hmm. uh it's 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 just intriguing to me i think I, the more i think about it it feels like Week zero, Nebraska Northwestern, where people talked yeah. about, look how bad Nebraska beat them last year, and I and I told yeah. people, and I'll tell, and that doesn't look, that doesn't mean that Louisville isn't going to go in there and stomp them. That's absolutely right. on the table because Louisville's a solid team, and Syracuse might not be that good. Absolutely, like I said, we yeah. could look back in a few weeks and be like, how is this not Louisville minus fourteen, right? Yeah, but you can't, you shouldn't, you can do whatever you want. You shouldn't just look at one result from the previous year and say, well, these two teams match up, and this is what's going to be predictive because the other yeah. games. Believe it or not, the other 10, 11 games matter way yeah. more than that one game. That one game should matter, like, it maybe should count, like, for two games last year in this analysis. Right. But the other 11 still get 11 of the now denominator of 13 or or whatever, right. how many other games they're playing, right? You So, so right. It, it's still just a small piece. And, I, and I'm with you. It feels just like that where it's like, I know Nebraska kicked the crap out of Northwestern last year, but think about how many close games Nebraska played in. Like, yeah. that was the outlier. And it's the same sort of thing. It's like, I'm with you. Like, that was the outlier. I'm not really concerned yeah. about that whatsoever anything can happen in sports absolutely but it's like yeah the more reasonable scenarios this is a tight game and and i'm more concerned that louisville just wins by six or seven 
than I am Louisville wins by 40 like they did last year, especially in that arena. They just, they are good for a clunker or two every year at home. But again, more times than not, they either win or lose close in that place, no matter who they're playing, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite part is that you just called it that, that arena. So we're already in college basketball mode here with Carrier Dome people. We're we're already getting in the right state of mind. I mean, is the, okay. Well, you're not wrong. it's an hour point. Is there a difference between a dome and an arena? I I I, I don't know. But again, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've now covered every game this week. So two-minute drill. Again, I don't know how long Ooh. this is going to take. It probably won't take that long. Uh, Cousin Jared, what do you want to come back to? What do you want to add units to? Uh, on all these Saturday games, yeah, I think I think in the in the future we're going to call this like the five minute drill or what's it called like the the six minute drill where they're just trying to like kill time at the end of the game without scoring <laughs> just like run the clock down. So that's what that's what we're going to call this uh, two two minute drill. Uh, okay, so things things that I'm looking at. Okay, first first thing that I'm officially doing here is the North mm-hmm. Texas line is out to eleven and a half. So North Texas is getting eleven and a half points at home against SMU. This line didn't make sense when it was hung the first time. It makes even less sense to me now. Uh, again, I tell you, I look at other projections and what other people are saying, and nobody is coming close to this 11 and a half number. I don't know what the odds makers think they know that we don't know. I'm adding a yeah. second unit at plus 11 and a half points on North Texas. Uh, so that's going to be a two unit play for me, uh, along with Houston. We talked about that earlier in the week, uh, laying the four points of Houston at UT San Antonio is also a two unit play for me. Um, two totals that I have an eye on East Carolina at North Carolina State. That's currently at 51 and a half. If that gets to 51, I will play the over there and then this one i I really hope this gets there um it's 61 and a half almost everywhere right now it hasn't gotten to 62 but uh colorado state at michigan if that number gets to 62 i will be on the under at colorado state in michigan a michigan under what could possibly go wrong and and usually i say that sarcastically but in this one i'm I'm not being sarcastic i mean that seems pretty good to me uh and then two games that we talked about today that i'm still pondering on ucla laying the 23 points against bowling green like i just don't know how bowling green is going to score points in that game so the the laying the 23 points is getting more appealing appealing then we talked about it if utah state gets to 42 i i will jump on that that is a lot of points for a competent team and and i guess we also said i would play the under 58 in memphis and mississippi state if it got there so i will i will write that one down so i do not forget for you viewer that, that i will play the under 58 in that memphis game all right so check twitter and the google sheet for all those updates the google sheet again is in the show's description it's also on the website uh i have i have nothing else to add um I looked through, there's nothing that really jumped out at me that moved that I wanted to put more on. More of the lines have moved my direction, the direction that I've played them than not. Uh, North Texas is one of the few that hasn't getting a half point uh, bigger. And Cousin Jerry, like we talked about you adding that second unit to that, having the first unit at 11 and now a second one at 11 and a half. I already had it as an A grade play with 11, so I have no more room to go for that one. So mm. I, I can't add any more to it. I'm not, I'm not giving a fourth unit. I'm not, I'm, I'm a believer. I'm putting a cap at how much you do. And, and a couple of these I played, I talked about today. I said, I'm doing one unit. I'm doing a C or a B pick, giving myself room. If it gets better, I can tack on, mm-hmm. but at this point I'm comfortable holding right here. Uh, so I can't add to that one, but a lot, not many movements that, that I think have been very puzzling going the wrong direction. So I have nothing else to add officially as of yet. I think as the season goes on, that'll change because I think with week yeah. one, there's been so much movement already that happened previously. Yeah. I'm not a big believer in this whole, all the, value's been sucked out of it i still think there's value to be had i think a lot of the value and i don't know how many people are still with us here i hope, I hope viewer you still are and hopefully you're getting some value to this but but i want to comment come back to the whole 
closing line value and trying to make start smart statistical plays of the pieces of the pie. One of the pieces of the pie is just having a good, a good statistical model that sometimes beats the books. And it's not going to beat the books every single time, yeah. but it's again, another one of those things where if you can get it just a little bit of an edge here and a little bit of an edge there and a little bit of an edge there, you put it all together and that makes for a successful gambler. And that's what I think I have here with the model that I think can beat the books on occasion. Um, and so I think a lot of the movements, you know, kind of taking some of the value out, but there's still some to be had where there's still some questionable lines that I think are off that we're trying to take advantage of. But I think in future episodes and future weeks, I think I'll have more here to say where I'm like, the, the, the window will be compressed so much. It'll be like, hey, this number move this direction. And I don't agree with it, so I'll add on. But at this point, yeah. I don't have any any ads. But I think I think in future episodes, we will. Uh, but for now, anything that, that changes the, on that, again, check Twitter and uh, the Google Sheet. Because uh, of Jared, uh, any last words after the billion hours that we spent talking about week one games? We spent more hours, more than an hour per game of games that have already played at this point. It feels like, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely insane. Yeah, you you mentioned it. Follow us on on Twitter and over at BetStamp. Again, this is the last, last show of the week, so anything that we add after this, obviously it'll be in the sheet, but we'll also tweet it out. It'll be posted at BetStamp. Um, so follow us there to get all of the the plays right up until kickoff. Yep, absolutely. Well, that's all we have for you today. That's all we have for you this week for college football. Thanks for tuning in to all these episodes here, all this college football content that we've got for you. Hope it helps you out. Reminder, check out the Google Sheet model picks, projections, and results in that link in the show's description and at the website www.pickswithprofessor.com. Still have those season preview episodes. If you haven't caught those, check out the website for other goodies. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. For college football content, we will see you again next week. Still doing baseball shows six days a week, so lots of sports content here uh, coming your way. And until we see you again, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your any money. <laughs>